On this week's episode, is Pennyworth more than just Batman's butler? The headaches for DC continue. And is Disney finally bigger than Netflix? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we just posted our latest episode, Season 4, the Season 4 premiere, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break, plus our great friends at Vampires and Vitae, also as well, of course, Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond the Witchlight, of course, our great games almost all week long, because we've got so many hours coming right at you in regards to tabletop rpg because we're the number one tabletop rpg streamer on facebook and if you can catch all that plus the latest news and trends of pop culture at pop culture cosmos on facebook if you can support all that it is sincerely appreciated but it wouldn't be a pcc multiverse without my good friend it is our own mistress of the night (laughs) for pop culture cosmos you got to catch what she's doing today at Vampires and Vitae. Keep it on that Vampires thing. Just mm-hmm. wanted to go ahead and touch on that. Plus also as well, you can catch her with her great new game, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, as part of the Wizards and Wine Emporium. Plus also as well, what she's doing with Demolition Force each and every Monday and so many other things that she's doing because she likes to keep busy and that she does. It is my good friend. It is. Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and Melinda... I still want to talk Star Trek with you whenever yes. you get the chance. My goodness. I I'm, I promise you I'm trying to find a, a, a hole somewhere in my I schedule. I feel like we're on that Geico commercial. Oh, you my know, goodness. The two cowboys are like right up against each other. I'm uh, going to draw. Let's go ahead and have a duel. Right? Well, I can't. I got to fit it in my schedule. I got something like a, gotta go to, yeah. I got to cut my hair at two. And, you know, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I know. There's there's so much stuff that I need to try to like cram into a week. It's unbelievable. But I'm even doing homework getting ready for it. So I will be prepared whenever it is that we find the, the appropriate time for us to get together for it. Two quick things in regards to uh, something that leads into it. Obviously, we did not touch on because we was going to wait for that episode to pay our respects for uh, Nichelle Nichols who was one of the guiding forces and one of the most influential women of her time on television as uh, Uhura. And unfortunately she passed away recently. So I wanted to pay my respects. And also you wanted to pay your respects to her family in regards to 
everything that she did and obviously pay her condolences to her family as well and thank her for everything that she did to contribute. But also as well, the world was very saddened by the death of Olivia Newton-John this past week as well from so many hit songs, obviously Grease with John Travolta and so much more. And she was a 70s and early 80s icon and she will be truly missed as well. Just two great ladies, two monumental icons in the world of pop culture gone far too soon. Agreed. Absolutely. And with Nichelle, you know, it it was really one of those things where, you know, I'm going to get to that convention that she's going to be at. I missed it. I'm going to get to the next one that she's at. I missed it. You know, it's it's one of those things. So uh, if you get and some people say you shouldn't meet your heroes. This is an example of why you should absolutely take every single opportunity that you have to step up and meet your heroes because, you know, they always seem to go way too soon. It's so funny, though, because when you say that, meeting one of those conventions at the meet and greets, one of the pictures I will always have in my brain is of my friend that has appeared many times on the show. In fact, we actually run their advertisement during the middle as far as from the Jay and Rob show, Jay Bartlett. My good friend in Canada is so funny because one of the famous pictures that he's always posts on social media is him, his first time, because he's a huge Star Wars nerd. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you're the biggest Star Wars nerd, is for Mr. Jack in the Box himself right now, Mark Hamill. So right. he has a picture from a mean green Mark Hamill, and I have never seen anyone look more terrifying <laughs> in the photo than Jay Bartlett. If you're on Jay Bartlett's social media, go ahead and try and search it up. It is the most hilarious picture. Mark, and I've heard, is the nicest guy, loves all yeah. these conventions, loves all those fans. And <laughs> this was the biggest day of his life, Jay Bartlett's. And my gosh, he just looks so terrified indeed. Uh, it's just so hilarious. And I, I got blessed, Jay, for actually you know having the guts to show that out there to everyone. But yeah, just one of the classic things I've ever seen on social media. It's just truly a classic, but yeah, it's not always wise to meet your heroes. Yeah. That's what, that's what they say, you know, but I mean, I met Jonathan Frakes. He was lovely. I met Patrick Stewart. He was also lovely. I met Michael Dorn, who was wonderful. So, uh, you know, definitely I have far more good stories of meeting celebrity than I do bad stories of meeting celebrity. That's for sure. Okay, and once you see Star Trek Strange New Worlds, you will be able to say hi, hopefully, to some of the stars from there. I know. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm subtle hint. I promise. Subtle. You know what? I, I was going to surprise you, and I was going to just, like, drop, because we're talking about, like, our favorite episodes of, of Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, through all of the different series. And uh, I was going to surprise you and drop a Strange New World episode, but now I, well, I've just told you, so it's not going to be a surprise anymore, but... <laughs> I have a, I have a spot on my list specifically okay. for a Strange New Worlds episode. Fair enough, fair enough. But if you have not caught Star Trek Strange New Worlds, it is one of the best series that have appeared on 2022. So please go ahead and check it out today. Right there for you at Paramount+. Plus. But we've got a great episode. We're going to be talking about a lot of good things and some very interesting things, to say the least. Splatoon 3, Nintendo had a direct straight for them, talking about what's coming up in Splatoon 3. We'll talk about the future for Splatoon 3 and has it reached the status of Nintendo's Mount Rushmore, per se, as far as some of the best iconic characters and games that has been available on Nintendo. We'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. Pennyworth 
a series that I know a lot of people have not even thought existed has actually existed for a couple seasons now and season three is around the corner and it's moving from FX to HBO Max but they had a name change which is getting the internet all in an uproar we'll talk about the strange and somewhat I don't know I guess in my opinion insulting name that they gave the new Pennyworth for this season that's coming up in a bit Plus also as well, the latest movie to come out this week in theaters is a movie that's probably going to be very front-loaded as far as fan interests, and that's Dragon Ball Super Superhero. We'll talk about the possibilities for Dragon Ball Super Superhero coming up in a little bit as well. For All Mankind, it's finishing its third season. Speaking of third seasons, we'll talk about that and the alternate reality that they've gone into. Is it something that you should check out on Apple Plus? We'll talk about that coming up on the show. And Disney Plus is big. How big? We'll tell you the good and bad as far as how many subscribers they have. And also, is there a price hike on the way? That's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, I cannot believe it again. They just cannot get out of trouble. It just is so seemingly avoidable but it still is not able to do so they are not able to go ahead and get out of trouble and when i mean they i mean ezra miller because ezra miller this week was arrested in vermont after issues in hawaii two separate occasions in hawaii after issues overseas as well some of them violent issues this time was arrested for robbery they're still trying to locate, or they they probably have by now located the mother and three children that was accompanying him. They've talked about grooming with this guy. They've talked about other things. And there are some concerning things out there. And with DC, and I want to hear your thoughts on this before I go into more on the appalling thing that Warner Brothers did after some of these arrests. Your thoughts on them, meaning Ezra Miller, and the fact that this could be really serious for DC's Flashpoint going forward. I know we've touched on this already, but it needs bearing issue again. Yeah, it's I you know, when you, this is a day and an age where a tweet can end your career. One single tweet can end your career. Be it a tweet that you send out today that is a hot take on something that a lot of people disagree with, that can get you kicked off a show in like 30 seconds. So I don't understand why they keep getting chance after chance after chance. There has to be something very deeply concerning going on with with Ezra Miller for their not to be more swift and very serious action taken by the studio to get him out of the movie. And I'm just like, I just, yeah, I, I don't understand what it is. I really don't. And and I've thought about it and and I I really can't come up with a very good answer. Because they shot scenes after the issues in Hawaii where there were two separate arrests including yeah. another possible violent issue with a, a woman that took place and also I think also another breaking and entering issue that he was accused of where he broke into someone else's uh, abode. And just, it really didn't go well. And you're still having these issues. And after that, those issues in Hawaii, 
they filmed more scenes for Flashpoint. DC does not get the message. And now on top of that, they have been arrested again in Vermont for burglary. So this is becoming a serious problem. You have an answer. You have an easy answer. Because Ezra Miller, sorry, God bless you, but you're not a movie draw. Okay. Yes, right. I, I know that they were kind of amusing in a otherwise lackluster Justice League film, trying to provide the comic relief, but they are not at the point where you can, can be considered a draw. They do not have to be in this movie for the movie to be a draw. You could put not anyone in that costume, but you can put a lot of different other choices in that costume. You could put Grant Gustin yes. in that costume who yes. is uh, finalizing his last season with The Flash in a truncated season demanded by HBO, and you know, as far as everything going on, as far as the merger and discovery, and they pretty much want to cycle out of all the DC shows out of the CW. I get that. But they could easily put Grant Gustin in there, and it wouldn't make a dollar less, and it probably would make a lot of dollars more because there wouldn't be the controversy behind it. That's just my thoughts right there. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. And, and I think that the, the Flash TV show has, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's one, it's one of those shows that I haven't really uh, gotten too far into. But, I mean, it, it seems to be a very well-received show. And I yes. know that when it came out that it wasn't going to be Grant in the Flash movie, I know that there were quite a few people, including other actors, who were, you know, kind of taken up for Grant. So I, I think it's an easy, an easy replacement there. Wouldn't you think? You would think if you've already reshot scenes with them, meaning yes. Ezra Miller. Yeah. You can reshoot these scenes for Grant Gustin. And yes, you might have it on the plate for a first half of 2023 right now. Even if it takes a little longer, Nobody is really just so amped up they got to see it. The thing is with Flashpoint, I understand what the purpose of it is. It's to try and go ahead and wipe the slate clean so you can start fresh with a new DC universe going forward. I yes. get that. That's why it's still on the schedule. That's why it's important. And if it's done correctly, could make a lot of money for HBO Max, HBO, Warner Brothers, Discovery, that happy little conglomerate now that they're going to be fully this time next year but the thing is you've got to go ahead and not have this movie come out with controversy i've seen some things all over the internet or as far as reading articles and whatnot well one thing they could do is you know they could still release it as is but tone down the advertising okay i'm sorry this is a 150 million to 200 million dollar movie why would you want to tone down the advertising for a movie, you spent $150, $200 million. You just took a write-off on a $90 million Batgirl movie. Yep. And also a $40 to $50 Scoob Holiday movie. You just said goodbye to those forever. Plus yeah. also six movies that you took off of HBO Max because you could get a write-off on those. So don't tell me that this would be the wise way to go. I mean, the answer is sitting right in front of your face. If you don't really want Grant Gustin, they get another actor who will come in and do the job pretty good or even very well or even better than Ezra Miller can. The answers are there, but personally, I think you just go ahead for whatever best reason you can come up with, put Grant Gustin or someone else in their ASAP. 
Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it, I'm all about a redemption arc, right? So mm -hmm. let them go and fix the things that they have done wrong. Let them go through the things that they need to go through in order to come back with a clean slate and, you know, start to rebuild a career. We know that it works. We've seen Robert Downey Jr. do it. You Brad know, Pitt why... is the latest example right now after yeah. some of the stuff that he's gone through and some of the stuff that he's mm -hmm. been accused and some of the stuff that he's been alleged and some of the things stuff that he's ended up doing. And obviously his marriage from Angelina Jolie is now a part because of some of that stuff. But look right. at him. He's resurrected his career to the point where he's able to lead a number one box office hit. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I guess all I'm trying to say is even if they don't make this movie happen, even if they the movie does have the plug pulled on it, it doesn't mean that it has to be the end of the road for Ezra Miller. It just means that it's an opportunity for him to step back, relax a little bit, and, uh, you know, figure out... Get the help that they need. Right. Yes. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. And you nailed it exactly and succinctly. So thank you for saving me on that one. You're <laughs> but, you know, it's it really is just... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm completely puzzled by why this is still, uh, you know, why the movie is still even being considered right now. And, and that's to me, yeah. I, and yeah. the thing is, well, the, let me just go ahead before I let you finish up. And that is the, with yeah. the, all the changes that they've made in the recent weeks and with the tenuous future for many of these upcoming projects, which, you know, certainly right now there's a lot of question on whether some of these projects for DC that were talked about, announced, plans, in the works are actually going to still come to fruition. You can go ahead and do something with this. You can go ahead and make the changes because obviously you're, you're already making a lot of changes already. Yeah. And if there's this many, uh, you know, reshoots and other things that they're, they're trying to fit in there, I guess I don't see the harm in just recasting the role. I also don't know a whole lot about the actual nuts and bolts of movie making. So perhaps it's a lot bigger than I realize it is. It probably is a lot bigger and more of a, an issue than I think it is, but we've seen it happen. It's, it's another 30, $40 million in the queue. I would assume just to say yeah. on the reshoots, but a lot of that is green screen. So you cannot tell me that's something that you can't get done. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I tell you what, it's just very concerning right now. It's someone who is trying to go ahead and, and make himself more available and acceptable of what DC has to offer because after years of doing this show and teasing and picking on DC for all the lame choices that it's made, the lame movies that it's made, and the fact that, that they've actually started to rise up with some good things that have been widely accepted by the public in Aquaman, in The Joker, and the Batman, which we don't even know has a sequel yet, so we're not even sure of that. But the Joker has a sequel. Aquaman has a sequel coming out next year. So we see some good signs. We see some positivity coming to DC's way. If you really want to stick to this thing with Flashpoint, you really got to make some changes. And it starts with they, Ezra Miller. And I really think that they need to go ahead and recuse themselves but also as well, DC needs to make the call to go ahead and replace them as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on, on this one, Gerald. I, I think it's time. I think that Ezra Miller needs help, you know, face the music, so to speak. And hopefully that will help uh, Ezra, you know, get, get back on the, I, I'm going to use the term and I don't mean it the way that I'm going to say it, but get back on the straight and narrow, like get back on a positive path 
start making positive choices again and uh, start doing healthy things for yourself. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on the Ezra Miller situation as the police blotter, for lack of a better term, continues Mm. to add up with more and more and more and more negativity. How much more can DC stand before they finally make a change for the betterment of Flashpoint and also the DC universe going forward? Please let us know your thoughts on if this is something you would like to see as well. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together? or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? Uh, that's it's, it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you... Here, re- you're going to need these two. Dice? You just hand... Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. There's still much more to talk about on this week's episode of the PCC Multiverse, my friend. Let's go with Splatoon 3, which just had a Nintendo Direct earlier this week. Splatoon 3, the sequel to two really cool games. Nintendo's version of a multiplayer platforming game that's seen pretty good success. I was hoping at the time that Splatoon 1 came out, I really thought this would be, and I was talking to Josh about it way back when, that I thought that Splatoon would be Nintendo's version of a Call of Duty as far as reaching that pinnacle of multiplayer gaming that it had to be that must-play game. Never quite got there, but it sold and has sold tens of millions of copies between Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2. So I'm not going to dissuade its success. Splatoon 3 is coming out in early September. There's a demo that's coming out right now. In fact, the demo that's out this week that will be available in the Nintendo eShop that you can go ahead and download and have some fun with for a couple weeks anyways. Your thoughts on Splatoon? It's cute. It's lovable. It's fun. And it's something I think that a lot of people still have yet to get interested in. But with the Nintendo Switch now selling over 100 million units, yeah, there's a great player base to be had in Splatoon 3. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it, it looks like classic Nintendo to me. It, it mm. looks like cute characters. It looks like, um, you know, you, you have a bazooka, but the bazooka is like four times the size of your character and the... The recoil from the shot is over dramatic, and in all of those, it's kinds paintball of things. gone wild. Oh yeah, it just it just looks super cute. It looks super fun, and honestly, I think it looks like a pretty decent way to unwind after you know a grind at work all day. I could see you and Robbie coming home, and the thing the first thing you say to us, Robbie, turn on your switch. I'll turn on mine so I can go ahead and splat <laughs> you a few times. Right? Yeah. Game on, man. Game on. (laughs) Game on indeed. But the question I want to ask you is with Splatoon 3 coming out, it will obviously be a success. It will obviously be a pretty good hit for Nintendo this fall with everything that has been pushed back to 2023. This has a chance to go ahead and maybe find an audience it would not or might not normally would have had in other circumstances if there are a ton of stuff that's coming out through the rest of the year. But as we've seen, there's been a ton of stuff 
that's been delayed to next year. So there's a limited amount of games coming. This still, I think, will find a niche in the holiday market. But when it comes down to it, do you think Splatoon could ever reach the heights of, let's say, I'm not going to say Mario and, and Zelda, but after Mario and Zelda, there's like, okay, everybody wants to put that loves the Metroid series, Samus there, but Samus and the Metro games have, even though they've been critically rated, have never really found a super large audience. Do you think that when you think of Nintendo someday, you could also think of, let's say, Mario, Zelda, and then Splatoon right after that? Gosh, maybe. I, I can't see why not, really. Honestly. No, I'm, just, I'm asking. I'm just, I mean... I mean, it's there. It's been a good seller. Can it get to that next level? Yeah, well, I think that the success of the Switch and having it being available on the Switch is going to be huge. I think that that alone is going is going to put that game in the running. I think honestly. that you're right on yeah. that. I mean, when you you, yeah. you have over 100 million Switches mm-hmm. out there on the marketplace, it doesn't take that much to go ahead and make it a big hit. Exactly. 100%. If you get a chance to go ahead and check out the Nintendo Direct, I actually posted on the Game Source Facebook feed, so go ahead and check it out there. But with some new features, new weapons, and of course, a lot of fun with new maps coming out for Splatoon 3, I want you to go ahead and make sure you check out the demo right now in the eShop and then let us know your thoughts. Are you excited for Splatoon that's coming out in full, Splatoon 3, next month to Nintendo Switch? But also as well, where do you place Splatoon in the pantheon of Nintendo characters and Nintendo games? Do you think it will someday approach the level of a Mario and Zelda to continue the Nintendo legacy going forward? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we hit the break, my friend, (laughs) uh, speaking of DC, their troubles never end. Even when they think they're doing good with something like debuting a two-season show on a smaller network and bring it to the parent network, still things go wrong. As Pennyworth, a show that, again, I mentioned earlier that a lot of people didn't even know existed on this planet, is heading from Epix for season three over to HBO Max, coming in the not-too-distant future, I think sometime in October. No specific date given as of yet, but they showed a case to trailer and to honor, I guess, honor. And I put that in quotations. They, in moving Pennyworth to the bigger channel, HBO Max, they changed the name slightly to Pennyworth. They're just going wacko over this. Yeah, I, I mean, let me see. Batman, the uh, sorry, Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler through the 1930s and 1940s, just to see what he was doing at the time. Like, I'm sure that they could have found a way to add a little bit more to that title. Well, it's like I'm sure they really tried it. Yeah, I mean, they they could have you added, know? they could have like the yeah, throwing the the entire thesaurus at it. You know, yeah. <laughs> People are having a field day with this. Of Absolute course. field day. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know what? Maybe that's clever. Maybe they're smarter than the rest of us because everybody's talking about it. Well, it, it, I understand that for the uninitiated to the world of comic book culture, maybe it's nice to be pointing out that, hey, oh, why is this guy part of the DC universe? Oh, he becomes Alfred, Batman's butler. Our good friend Roger Hamilton, the DM for Monday's Game, is up on the line. He's also letting us know that Pennyworth is a great show. So thank you so much for sharing that. Pennyworth, I've seen some episodes. It is a pretty darn good show. 
And of course, big shout out to you, my friend. Hopefully you won't kill us next time we're on the Monday's <laughs> Demolition Force. But Pennyworth is a great show. But to extend it, I don't know, it just seems kind of patronizing. Am I wrong in saying that when you say the origin Batlands Butler? I know not everybody understands what Pennyworth means in the pantheon of when they watch this, but it only takes a few seconds to understand who Pennyworth is when you watch the show. Right. It. I mean, can't you just call it Alfred? Yeah. Just I, Alfred. Yeah. Doesn't make it. That, yeah, that's a great. That's the a great origin of Pennyworth, Batman's mother. <laughs> uh, it's just ridiculous. It, it just. It's almost like you're insulting the intelligence of of people that are possibly or are going to be checking out the show. It just seems to me like it's a. Almost like a little bit of a backhanded slap in the face. We want to make sure you know what this is about. So we're letting you make sure you know what this is about. But I think that that's, I'm sorry, Gerald, a bit dramatic. I I don't think that it's a, I don't think it's insulting. I just think it's a badly titled show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's very wordy. You know, they, you know, it's just. It's busy. Batman's butler, you know, and then the title, the description could be the origin story of batman's iconic butler or something along those lines like there you go am i I gonna write a letter to dc i think you are (laughs) you know they should go ahead and put you in charge of all descriptions for their right yeah no nobody wants that (laughs) as written by melinda barkhouse ross right right what are your thoughts out there on alfred's new show Moving over in season three from Epix to HBO Max, entitled, <clears throat> got to prepare for this. You ready? Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's Butler. Is that a ridiculous title or are you cool with it? Are you going to watch the show as it moves to season three from the smaller Epix channel to the bigger HBO Max channel? Please let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. My friend, we're hitting the back half of the show right now. And something I really wanted to talk to you about is Disney Plus, which reported its second quarter earnings this week. Very, very interesting. A lot of good and a lot of bad. A lot of highs and a lot of lows. When you hear and you read what they said and talked about and the numbers, what do you want first? The good or the bad when it comes to Disney Plus? Yeah, let's end on a positive note. Give me the bad news first. The bad news is if you are a subscriber or you wish to be a subscriber, Mm -hmm. sometime through the end of this year, right around December 8th, the prices will change and not for the better concerning a price hike. For Disney Plus, Disney Plus here in the States will move up $3 from $7.99 to $10.99 a month for regular subscribers. They will introduce a new ad-supported individual pricing plan that will become the $7.99 a month plan. So if you want to stay at that magical $7.99 number, go ahead with the ad-supported plan at $7.99. 
The bundle pricing will also go up depending on if you want ads or if you don't want ads. So basic with ads for Disney Plus and Hulu is $9.99 a month. Basic with ads for Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, that'll be $12.99 a month. The legacy plan, Disney Plus ad-free, Hulu with ads, ESPN Plus with ads, is $14.99 a month. And that's only to current subscribers. So people that are trying to come in on that have to already be a subscriber already. And premium plan is Disney Plus ad-free, Hulu ad-free, and ESPN Plus still with ads. So it's not even a true premiums because one of the three services will have ads is $19.99 a month. So that's the uh, big change for us here in the States starting December 8th. So please go ahead and plan accordingly. If you want to buy your months, buy them or year plan, buy it sooner rather than later. But your thoughts on the price hike for Disney Plus? I feel like at this point, it, it's to be expected. I mean, look at the big hitters and the the price that they come in at for uh, their subscription with no advertising attached to it. So I'm I'm really not surprised to see this move by Disney as they continue to put out more and more and more content. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna have to pay a little bit more for the privilege. I think. Well, the thing is also as well their operating costs as they mentioned as far as revenue, what they're taking in, everything that they announced was above parameters, what above what expectations. So that's leading into the good news, but. Their operational costs right now, they're operating Disney Plus is at a loss. And right. they've indicated that they plan to be profitable by the year 2024, by sometime in the year 2024. So if that's the case, the only place I see that they can go ahead and make some money is if they raise the price of actual services. Otherwise, they're going to have to cut programming, which you and I both have talked about before about saying at times they don't have enough programming. So right. if you don't have enough programming and you're not taking in enough revenue to go ahead and cover your operating costs, then yeah, you have to go ahead and start thinking about alternatives. And one of those is raising the price. And it looks like that's going to be the case. I know around the world with Hotstar, things, things that we've talked about as far as the bundles that they have around the world that's under the different names that they've given it as far as what they do already. I know that their prognostications on numbers going forward is going to be a little bit different, and I'll tell you why in a sec. But for right now, if you considered Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and ESPN+, Plus as all one big entity, you have 221 million subscribers. 152 million of them actually had a 14.4 million upswing in the second quarter, which was well above expectations. So 152 of that, 152 million is Disney Plus. So technically, if you want to say Disney is bigger than Netflix, I guess you can, and I guess you can't, either which way you, you, you slice it. So if you want to put in Hulu and you want to put in ESPN, yes, they are. If you don't, then they're not. So your thoughts on Disney jumping over the 150 million mark themselves and over 221 million worldwide bundled subscriptions. Yeah, I'm truly not surprised. Honestly, it's the house of mouse. Of course, they're going to do huge, huge, huge stuff. And of course, it just took a little bit of time to get it there. I just wonder if you're going to have to have the same commercials that are on Hulu as like, will those commercials end up on Disney plus? Because I don't know 
how much I need to hear about certain aspects of men's health on Disney. You know, it, it's it's cool. And, you know, it, it is something that needs to be addressed. Please, I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just saying, if you, I mean, am I going to be watching Hannah Montana and then have to listen to them talk about Roman Or the guy games? with the soap ones, the stuff that you see on YouTube. Everybody knows what we're talking about as far yeah. as those ads on YouTube. Yeah. YouTube is a lot more free with its ad dollars. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Right. I think I'll just leave it at that. Please, YouTube, go ahead. You can advertise yeah. with us anytime and you can go oh, ahead right? and pay us accordingly absolutely yeah yeah so no worries I, I'll just say this that obviously it's Disney so they are going to go ahead even to, you know because they are actually producing and showcasing PG-13 and sometimes R-rated content now that doesn't mean that their ads are probably going to follow that route I have a feeling that they're going to put generic ads that are pleasing to an entire family even if it's you know, let's say you're watching Deadpool on Disney Plus. I have a feeling the ads that, that are going to are going to be just generic, run of the mill, McDonald's, Pepsi, Coke, whatever, you know, those type of generic ads. I don't foresee them going ahead and putting Viagra, for instance, ads or anything but of that even, nature. Even if you're watching shows that skew a little bit younger on Hulu, those are still the commercials that you're getting. And I think it has to do when you put in your initial information, when you sign up, like your year of birth, I think yeah. it skews the kind of ads that you're shown. And that's true. But I, I just don't see Disney plus going that far, that far into it. I, I think Disney plus will stay away from those ads. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping I, at least. It's just a copy and paste from one service to another. So I wouldn't be too surprised. They'll probably scramble to fix it. But I, I wouldn't be too surprised, and no pun intended, to see those things start to pop up. Maybe it's show-based. Maybe if they do, they can have that if you're watching a Deadpool 2 or if you're watching, let's say, Lightyear, it won't be something that you're going to go ahead. Hey, I'm getting gathering the kids around. We're going to go ahead and showcase Lightyear on my account. And all of a sudden, it's uh, you know, something that maybe the kids shouldn't be watching as an advertisement. Maybe it's, it'll be skewed towards the actual program itself. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I finally watched Lightyear. Okay. And it was, really, it was really good. It was really, really good. And I don't know why people had a problem with it. Shame on them. Yeah, I, I'm going to check it out this weekend. I'm really excited to see it. I was actually more excited. I actually wanted to see it in the theater one time, but I know that kind of everybody's response to it at the time kind of steered me away, and I kind of regret yeah. that. But you know what? The way that Disney Plus looks on my television because it's a newer television with a 4K and they do the IMAX enhanced and all that stuff on all their new movies. Yeah. Actually, I'm not too sad that that's not that I'm not watching it on there because of the fact that again, it's something I could still support and help my friend that works at Pixar, but also as well being able to showcase it on a screen that can support such a great picture. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm still cool with going ahead and seeing it this weekend. I'm excited for it. Actually, I want to go ahead. I made some time to go ahead and check it out this weekend. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. But leading into the bad for Disney Plus, before we go ahead into any more things, again, is the the bad as far as the price hike and whatever you want to slice it on there. But the good news, again, their subscribership as a combined unit is actually just a hundred, couple hundred thousand ahead of Netflix. But also as well, the fact that Disney Plus is right now at the point where they are now one of the premier entities out there in 
streaming television. I mean, it's something that we've seen that we've we've recognized for a while now as far as their fast and quick growth. But my gosh, to grow to the point where they're now in the realm, in the ballpark of Amazon and also as well Netflix, that's something that's really positive to behold. That that's the good part again for for what's gone on with with Disney Plus this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the price the price hike is um, a little bit of growing pains, perhaps, for them. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Well, again, it's all about running at a profit or running their operating costs, where the lease are breaking even. So I can see that that being the case, they put so much into it with the Marvel and Star Wars shows, and yeah. wanted to make sure that it didn't look like they were cutting corners. And in fact, I know that Thor: Love and Thunder was often slighted for all the greens, the obvious green screening that. If you get a chance to check it out, that that it has that a lot of people were saying some of the TV series actually look better than Thor and Love and Thunder. So I thought that was a compliment to the TV series. So I really think right now that Disney Plus, as long as it keeps its content flowing right now, is kind of a weak point right now because we don't have much in the way until She-Hulk comes out this time next week, which I'm hoping will be good some good things that we'll be able to talk about coming up here in the not too distant future but Mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to it are you looking forward as well to everything that's coming up from disney plus you plan on keeping disney plus even when the december 8th rate hike hits to me personally absolutely yeah yeah i'm not getting rid of disney how would i watch hercules and the emperor's new groove i was gonna say that (laughs) i mean Let's be realistic here, kids. You know how I always end the segments on, you know, asking the the, uh, the listeners and viewers out there, you know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. I was going to rephrase it to say, Melinda, do you still want to keep Hercules and the Emperor's <laughs> New Groove at a rate hike? Please mm-hmm. let me know. Popculturecosmos <laughs> at yahoo.com. <laughs> the answer is a resounding yes. Okay, I will. I will watch those movies for forever. I adore them. The next question to be: at what point, what is the breaking point for Melinda for Hercules and the Emperor's New Groove? $25.99. Isn't that what the DVDs used to cost? Oh, my gosh. Now Disney knows that that'll be the next price hike. We're going from $10.99. We're calling it the Melinda price hike. We're going yeah. to a new price point called the Melinda price point at $25.99. Whoops. Yeah, there. <laughs> whoops indeed <laughs> but it is good and bad news when it comes to disney plus they did announce that a combined with espn and also as well hulu they are now at and above what netflix is doing just barely but i think they'll lose a little bit of that because of the fact that they announced that they are, do not have the rights anymore to indian cricket in the premier cricket league so they will be losing some viewers overseas in the next few months so i don't think yeah. Don't think it's going to stay that way. But for right now, Disney, I guess, in certain ways can say they're above Netflix. But are you excited for the future for Disney Plus? And are you concerned about the price hikes for Disney Plus? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Roger says, Grogu needs me. Grogu needs you indeed. He needs your dollar. He he needs you, but he needs your dollars a little bit more. If you know what I mean, right there for you. Sure do. Cha-ching. Cha-ching indeed. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, 
Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. But before we head on out, it's been a great episode so far. Once again, it's Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And before we go, she will give you a rundown of what she's up to at her Wild Beyond the Witchlight and, of course, Vampires and Vitae. But before we head on out, Melinda, want to go ahead and mention a couple last things. Dragon Ball Super superhero and i kidded with josh about this the uh, i think a few weeks ago in regards to naming your super twice i understand it's from the japanese culture to be more recognizable and it's better understandable in the context and framing of the japanese language but when you rephrase it for america i could see people going ahead and teasing as far as dragon ball super superhero but one thing you should not tease is the following of dragon ball and dragon ball super in this case, Dragon Ball Z and the whole pantheon of fandom that have followed Dragon Ball over the years, I think it's going to get a nice, in the teens, probably 15 to $20 million up front as far as the advance for this weekend in the domestic box office. It will fall sharply thereafter, but the initial week, and that's why they bring these movies out for the, in the Dragon Ball and, and, and similar competitors, they get the initial week run here in domestically, and that's where they make their money off these films. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to start naming podcast episodes like that. I'm just going to repeat a word in all of my podcast episodes. Vampires and Vitae, <laughs> Vitae and Vampires. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if it gets you a crowd in, yeah. you know what? That's that's great. I'm going to give it a shot and, and see what happens. Who knows? You know what? I will say this right now. If we get more hits per episode than Mark Marone, mm -hmm. I will go ahead and name this the Pop Culture Cosmos Cosmos Culture Pop. <laughs> You're on, pal. You're on. Absolutely. So, yes, just a few million more to go, and we'll be yeah. right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what are your thoughts out there on what's going on with Dragon Ball Super Superhero? Because – when we talk about this, Melinda, before we, I go ahead and ask for everybody's thoughts out there on it, I mean, this whole Dragon Ball legacy, I mean, I remember selling the games when I was running game stores as far as the Dragon Ball Zs, Dragon Ball Tenkaichi, the, the whole gambit of, of Dragon Ball games. It seems like one or two came out every single year. People just lapped it up. They just went ahead. They, they just enjoyed it so much. It is one of the staples of fighting games. It's so cinematic all in the same time, but also creates a lot of anime. And then, of course, bringing in the world of anime into it to go ahead and make it develop even more. I really think this is something that Dragon Ball and the whole Dragon Ball Z, the whole Dragon Ball IP is something that's going to stay with us for a long time to come. Yeah, I think so. And it's something that I have personally haven't explored a whole lot. I was just ahead of Dragon Ball Z when I was growing up. So, well, you know, my sister is far more knowledgeable than, than I am about, uh, about that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I can recognize it and see it and understand that that's Dragon Ball Z, but I know that those who like it truly like it a lot. Yeah. Roger saying marketing says you have to repeat something three times to get people to remember it. Okay. Pop culture Cosmos is the number one podcast in the world. 
Pop Culture Cosmos is the number one podcast in the world. Pop Culture Cosmos is the number one podcast in the world. With Vampires and Vitae right behind it, right there for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Making a million two. dollars per episode. Woof. Making a million dollars per episode. Making a million dollars per episode. Okay, I'll stop repeating. <laughs> so, okay. But if you have thoughts out there on Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, do you think it's super? And will you think it's super when you go ahead and check it out this weekend? Or are you checking out this weekend? And are you a big Dragon Ball fan? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. One last thing I want to go ahead and talk about before we head on out and hear a detailed synopsis of what you're doing out there with Wizards and Wine and everything going on with Vampires of Vitae as well. For All Mankind, speaking of Season 3, is coming to a close in Season 3. And I also know that, obviously, Better Call Saul is closing down next week as far as for good, as far as the series. So I know people are really excited for that. But don't slack on Season 3, the ending episode hitting this weekend for Apple+. Plus. This has been a show that has been almost around the time of its inception, if I remember correctly. It's been a show that I think a lot of people have, uh, I guess, uh, maybe put under the wire, just not really paid too much attention to it. It's a really good show. It's a ser- It's about the space race and the fact that it's a alternative reality of what happened. Let's say the Russians landed first on the moon instead of the United States. And then after a brief, very tense moment as far as the Cold War coming to a climax on the show, the Russians and the Americans are now working together in a joint venture into Mars. And now there's some tensions with uh, individuals from the Far East, I believe North Korea and China, if I'm not mistaken. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. It's really been very good for what it is. You do have to go ahead and put yourself into a different reality. It's not real what they're doing, right? You know, they they all they they actually use some of the names of some legendary astronauts, right? So let's put that in perspective. So that's part of it's real. They use some of the names, so there are are same as far as astronauts that were so part of our history. But the way they've gone about this alternate history is really been very interesting to see, and at times really really good television, and definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about watching Fringe. And that was that you you had this like multiverse with the Walternate and and all of that. And it gave you an opportunity to maybe suspend your disbelief for a little while and just mm-hmm. accept that this is the way that things things are. And I don't know. It's really neat. I, I enjoy shows that do things like that. I, I think it's I think it's a good thought exercise. What if Russia and the United States were, you know, significant allies, um, you know, stuff like that. I think asking those kinds of questions in the framework of entertainment is always, well, entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. It's some of the history that they change and tweak both U.S., yeah. Russia, world history, space history. They tweak a little bit of it. Some of the presidents have stayed the same. Some of the presidents have been changed. Mm-hmm. You, you have to actually follow along to see what they've tweaked and what they've changed to make the narrative flow better. And again, leading to a lot of the tension that, you know, first off in one of the seasons in regards to some action going on in the moon base and some Cold War tensions there. And then now on Mars, where there's some tensions going on leading into the final episode, started from the beginning. That would be my best advice. If you've not seen an episode of For All Mankind, 
start it from the beginning because if you go into it with the alternate history and the tweaked things that they've done to it with both fictional and non-fictional individuals being portrayed, I really think you should go into it from the beginning of season one. If you don't, you're not going to be able to follow it quite as well. I think that's the best advice I can give. Yeah, and you know that that makes sense when you have a show that's kind of rewriting and twisting the history that we know. It's not always beneficial to jump into a show like that in the third season. It is best to go back and and watch things right from the very very beginning, so you you get it and you understand what's happening and who they're talking about and and all that kind of stuff. So I think it is a good idea. Absolutely, I mean because it, it it showcases the points as far as the decades and it, it actually has the space race actually heating up a lot faster than it has in real life as far as where they're at going to Mars bases on the moon. It, yeah. It's just, again, you have to go ahead and see this from the beginning to see how it develops to totally understand and fathom how it is. So hopefully everybody will get a chance. It's for all mankind. The season finale, it's a thriller. It's going to be a, a, I guess a, 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 episode that's going to go ahead and uh, keep you entranced as far as what's going to go on for season four so hopefully that'll go ahead and, and please the folks out there a suspense a thriller coming out at you as for all mankind so go ahead and let us know your thoughts on for all mankind have you checked it out yet or are you thinking about checking out for all mankind if you have any thoughts on the series itself or any questions please let us know Bob culture cosmos at yahoo.com one last thing I want to mention before we get to Melinda, and that is the Orville. If you've not seen the Orville yet or you want to support the Orville, as Seth MacFarlane, creator and executive producer of the series, if you are at all interested and you have Disney+, Plus, please watch episodes on Disney+, Plus to help support it. As he said in his own words, it's 50-50 right now on the show getting anything else done as far as the season four or any movies down the line. So if you're going to go and check it out, all three seasons, it's right there available. So please go ahead and support it today. If you're a Seth MacFarlane fan or you just like space series or you want to see a, a little series that gets a chance to extend its life, go ahead and support it today on Disney+. Plus. But Melinda, it's been a great episode. Any last thoughts on what you're doing at Vampires and Vitae and also as well Wild Beyond the Witchlight before we head on out? Holy smokes. Well, Vampires and Vitae has definitely shifted into high gear. We're definitely seeing some wild things starting to happen. There was a close encounter with Tremere. Our good friend Frank is in an awful lot of trouble. So we're trying to get that all sorted out. It looks like there's going to be a location change. So we're going to be going to a new city in the show soon. And this stream coming up this Sunday, I am so sad to say is the last stream where you're going to see Margie sitting at our table before she moves over to Ireland. So she's going to be, you know, coming in remotely with us, but it's going to be her last game with us at the table. So she's been an incredible addition to Vampires and Vitae. Her character, Helen, is definitely a wild card. I thought that uh, Esther and Anna were but it's definitely more Helen for sure this season yeah so that's what we have coming up this weekend and then the wild beyond the witch light we're back to the Halifax table this coming week we are going to see if I can't get all of my technical stuff to work for me this week if I can we're going to do our best to kind of push as far into chapter two in one episode as we're able to so we'll see how that goes so if the rumors are not to be true or are to be true did Robbie scare her into moving to Ireland? 
<laughs> I I think it was all of us actually, including okay. Roger. Yeah, okay. I I think so. I think she was like, "Wow, these guys take this really seriously." So I'm just gonna distance myself and come in via video. Sounds almost like Stranger Things this past season. We're saying, "Oh, <laughs> D and D, it's the stuff for the devil." And da, la, 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 la. You know, as yeah, far as right. what they thought back in the '80s, if you didn't understand what was Dungeons and Dragons, you thought it was like some cult thing or, you know, oh my gosh, some, some whack out stuff. I just played because it was fun and that you could recreate anything as far as your imagination saw fit. And even today, you know, it's even better now these days. I mean, Roger runs a great game. You run two great games, Mitch on the weekend. Please don't forget DM Mitch. He does a great job of running two great games. Victor runs a great game himself. Also as well, Michael also runs a great game. So yeah, a lot of great games that are being run by everybody here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So please, if you get the chance, please go ahead and check it out. Just really, truly awesome tabletop RPG games. I mean, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It's always fun. Absolutely. I mean, some people sit around a table and, and play cards. We sit around a table and pretend we're other people. There you go. Different Can't strokes for different than stuff, that. man. Yeah. Yeah. So you get a chance, please check us out today on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where you'll see Vampires of Vitae, or check it out wherever you get your podcast, plus also as well, Wizards and Wine, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Also Mondays, we have Demolition Force with DM Roger, and then of course, on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, DM Mitch has some great games continuing on each and every weekend as well. So we've got a lot of hours probably around 10 to 15 hours right there for you each and every week. You can check out at your leisure or live right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. I'm just so blessed that all of you would want to work with, with our entity known as Pop Culture Cosmos. You come on board, work in tabletop RPG. I'm just, I'm just so grateful for all the opportunities and all the individuals that take time to go ahead and watch, listen, and of course, participate in all the tabletop RPG action. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I should mention to you that the episode that we streamed last weekend will drop tomorrow morning, 2 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's about 6 a.m. So you can have it ready for the drive to work if you're on the East Coast. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a plan indeed. So please go ahead and check it out today wherever you get your podcast. Just a tremendous time indeed. One last note, Josh and I will be back on Monday for the Pop Culture Cosmos. We will be discussing, as far as one of the main topics, the ending to Better Call Saul. This whole Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul saga, which has lasted so many years, is now going to be finally put to bed. But is that the end of the Breaking Bad universe? We'll talk about Vince Gilligan's ideas and possible future for something relating to this in the series going forward as well so definitely a lot of discussion there plus everything that's going on with the world of pop culture i know josh will have a lot of things to say the happy hoarder himself please go ahead and check out the happy hoarder on facebook to see what he's collecting for his new venture that's coming up so please go ahead and support that and last but not least once again on the pop culture cosmos channel inside sports fantasy football we have come back for season four looking forward to hearing your thoughts and also questions on your upcoming draft and your lineups in fantasy football right there at inside sports fantasy football shout out to chris and dom lardieri who do a great job and i somehow pick up the rear like the caboose on a train just you know trying to chug along as best i can and catch up with them because they are the experts and i just go along for the ride so check it out today inside sports fantasy football you'll be glad you did so for melinda barkhouse ross this is gerald glassford 
It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great